Welcome to another episode of Conversations Con Conlu. My name is Jack Conlu. Flanked to me is Keone Conlu, Mr. Casey Media himself. Hello, hello. It is Monday, June 14th. And in sports right now, this is what our local teams look like. The Seattle Mariners are on a tear right now, actually winning against the St. Louis Cardinals, which is good for me because my partner, she is a St. Louis Cardinal. So things are looking up there. How that deals with the Mariners, it doesn't, but the Mariners are doing well. The Blazers are still in the middle of a coaching search, and they are looking at interviewing Chauncey Billups, Mike D'Antonio, and Becky Hammond of the San Antonio Spurs. Right now, for our own teams, the Denver Broncos are still in the midst of a quarterback controversy, deciding between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And Keone, what's going on with your Patriots right now? Well, actually, before we get to the, the Patriots, what do you think if the Blazers do become the first ever NBA team to hire a female head coach? Right now in 2021, it's not a matter of who's going to get hired. It's when a female is going to get hired. At this point, players are going to adapt to the coachability of these folks, and especially for Becky Hammond, learned f- under Popovich, and they're going to be great because right now there's two – uh, female NBA coaches that are out there, Becky Hammond and uh, the coach for South Carolina, who's also the coach for Team USA. So either of those two would be a great addition. It'd be very groundbreaking, very trailblazer of us, but we'll see. I think it's going to be Chauncey Billups, who is on assistant with the Clippers right now, so they, they can't really interview too much until the playoff run ends. But, yeah, let's get back to that. Our teams here, the Patriots, Stefan Gilmore, what's going on over there? Yeah, uh, I think that Stefan Gilmore, he is probably – I don't think he's going to get traded. I saw that Jalen Ramsey is, is trying to recruit him to uh, the Los Angeles Rams, saying that, hey, then uh, Patriots defensive end, defensive end – uh, Michael Bennett did get traded to the Rams, um, and they, you know, he said that they got a ring, which that one I don't believe so. But uh, I saw that tweet, um, and I don't think Gilmore is going. I don't think we're gonna let Gilmore go. I think that he is probably going to uh, just report late because you're listening in on a Bill Belichick press conference. He just said he's taking note of who's here and. You know, it's the first day. You know, it's nothing too crazy to think that someone's not going to report that the first day. But, um, I, I, you know, he he his name has been talked thrown around in the uh, trade talk regions. So, I, I hope he doesn't get traded because I do love how locked down he is. And we're just thinking also, Joel Revis four twenty four, and then switch transitioning to the. Oh, it's just this thing about the legacy of the number twenty four for the New England Patriots going back to Ty Law. Then Darrell Rivas, and then now Stephon Gilmore. So, I think he's. I hope he stays. But if he doesn't, I know we're we're still good in the uh, depth chart. So, speaking of the depth chart, how's the quarterback depth chart looking right now? Is it still Cam going forward, or are they going to get Mac Jones some reps with the ones? What's Josh McDaniels thinking? It was not a great day for the uh, for the for Cam Newton and the Patriots. It w- it was a rainy day, so that's still no excuse. As uh, I did see some video of practice today where cam overthrew some i think it's some red zone offense he overthrew a couple receivers and then mac jones did the same play and he's able to complete them so uh, you know I, I don't know how much you want to read into that you know it being for the second week of june but it's i, I think it's 
kind of noteworthy that um you know that our that mac and cheese jones is maybe mac and cheese jones maybe uh making a little more accurate passes than Cam Newton right now in the rain in the rain in the rain so yeah today uh we're uh so while i was you know it kind of in a lull at work i started thinking about fantasy football should should I start strategizing for that? So I, I busted out a, a Google Word doc, started writing down the r- rounds, which positions. So that kind of sparked today's conversation. We're gonna talk about some uh, fantasy football strategies. We're not gonna go deep dive into all the rounds. We're we're just gonna pick the first five rounds. What do we think is the best strategy to go on? So okay, so with the first overall picks, this is how it's gonna work for uh, the fans of the show. Uh, my brother, uh, the co-host, he's going to pick the. He's get the first overall pick. He's going to say two players that he likes. I'll get the second overall. We'll just keep doing that for six picks. So, Jack Conlu, co-host of Conversation Conlu's Con Conversation, you are on the clock with the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL Mock Draft. NFL Mock Fantasy Draft. Uh, who do you have on your mind that you would want to pick? So if I was blessed with this first overall pick in a fantasy draft, which I don't think is the best pick, I think the best pick to me is either right in the smack dab in the middle or plus or minus the middle of your, depending on how many teams you got. And so for me, if I was picking at number one, I got to go running back. It's, it's difficult to think about another position that could be very helpful later on in the rounds. Once you start getting past round two, you know, once you get past the first round, your running back availability, it's it's hard to rely on someone after that point. And so I'm going to go with some workhorses here who I think is going to set your fantasy team up for at least making the playoffs. And that's going to be either Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara. You got two dudes back there who their quarterbacks rely on them. They do little dump offs, especially with the Minnesota Vikings. They'll dump it off there, or you know, Kamara or not Kamara Cook will do good on the play action, and then that opens up Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. For the Saints with Kamara, you're gonna have either Taysom Hill, who's gonna be a running distraction, gonna open up some holes for Alvin, or you're gonna have Jameis Winston dumping it off, not wanting to make any mistakes. So I either think one of those two would be really good, a running back. First overall pick in a fantasy football draft would be a good option. Second pick for you, who would what position? A couple players. What do you got? Just going off that of the drop off of pool when it comes to after this first round, uh, tight ends. That's that's where I'm going for the number two overall pick. It's uh, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, and then granted you have Darren Waller as well, but he's he's still. I think if this is just second overall pick, those are the top two, the creme de la creme. So uh, Travis Kelsey, and it's been known, you know, with Julio Jones making his way to Tennessee, they're saying that he and uh, A.J. Brown are the top two dual wide receivers or dual pass, dual wide receivers. And then now they're clumping in uh, Travis Kelsey and and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes as, like, that's the mighty trio. So no matter what, Travis Kelsey is going to find ways to – burn some burn some defenders he has great release off the line and he also can create separation same thing for george kittle no matter who is 
at through his no matter who is under center throwing the ball, whether it is Trey Lance or if it's uh, George Kittle's best friend Jimmy Garoppolo, you know they're going to lean on him. They are going to lean on him heavily. So, you know, second overall pick Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, you cannot go wrong on either or. So pick number three, who who are you thinking? Well, at that point, if he if you're still within these first couple of picks. You got to go with the reliable workhorses. That's going to get you points week in and week out. With 17 weeks now in the season, you, you might need to start studying some of the bye weeks too as well if you're going to be making picks you know, for these kind of players. Yeah. And with that third pick, probably wide receiver at this point now. Yeah. Tight end is very important, especially right now. Defenses are getting faster. They're beating off the offensive line, and these quarterbacks are just looking for easy dump-offs things to save their bodies so they don't get sacked or destroyed. Wide receivers are getting faster, stronger, but cornerbacks are very crafty now. So with these wide receivers, you're going to be getting into the the, the, the the players that get a lot of catches here. Justin Jefferson, you're probably going to be looking at Jamar Chase now with Joe Burrow. I don't know hmm. if you want to pick that person that high up. Yeah, You're just trying to think of high productivity players. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, that those rookies will probably come later and those will be your steals, but Jeff, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen might be a good one there at 3. I'm sticking with the uh, the Viking theme it seems like here. It it does seem like that. <laughs> you I mean our high school colors were purple, so I could see how you want to stick with the Vikings there. Uh so going off uh number 4, I th- I think this is the time you pick a quarterback. You know, all the special rece- all the uh Skill positions are now covered. Quarterback is a very deep class. Uh, at this point, I, I can safely assume that if Rodgers decides to come back, then he's probably going to be in that top echelon. has gone already. Uh, and then I think oh Brady, he could still be hanging around. Brady could be. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, long gone. So I think with uh, the fourth overall pick, you got to go either Justin Herbert or... Oh, Josh Allen. Ooh. That's a yeah. I mean Lamar Jackson, he Do you see Josh Allen's wearing a visor now? Josh Allen is wearing a visor. Oh, that's, that's if that that's just that's deadly. But Justin Herbert, up and coming quarterback, uh, and you know, a strong arm Oregon guy, so very much have a little bit of bias towards him. Uh and he tore it up. You know, granted the W's didn't show up, but he sta- his he won Rookie of the Year, so that speaks for his productivity. He won Rookie of the Year without Joe Burrow there. And without Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was the leading candidate. Justin Jefferson probably should have won it. But Herbert had a very – I'm not dash. I'm not just saying that Herbert, he didn't have a lot of uh, rookies in front of him to really compete. Against. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league, so. Yeah. And, you know, we'll never know what could have happened if Burrow stayed healthy. But, uh, I, yeah, I'm going Herbert just because he has – uh, no, a new system granted, but I think he can still have the same production, if not slightly better, but not a whole lot better, slightly better. Because uh, that and then Josh Allen, I mean, strong arm. <laughs> Him and Mahomes are the two strongest arms in the league. And you know, the way he was able to dice up defenses and also uh, dice them up with his legs, I think that's just a dual threat right there. That will get you monster points. And that's why on the fifth pick, I'd be in, still in the quarterback market right now. Lamar Jackson would be a good one. Like you said, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I probably would wait till a second round just to, yeah. until they figure out what's going on. Yeah. 
we could also be seeing the resurrection of one Mr. Dak Prescott. That's true. I feel – I hope the Cowboys don't win games, but I hope they are so behind that they just got to get points. So I think a little bit of my uh, boom players, who we will talk about later, is going to be some Cowboy players. With that sixth, though, if you're on to the sixth pick – I think we're on five. No, I did oh, five. Oh, okay. So, so you I, are yeah, six. I'm six. I'm six. Uh, at this point, I think I have to go another running back because running back by because uh, in traditional fantasy lineup you do have two running backs as options and having you know wh- whether it is Kamara or uh, Dalvin Cook and then pairing him with oh gosh I would say Saquon Barkley. Uh, you could either pair him with Saquon Barkley or you could. Oh no! I was just uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the running back for Green Bay? Oh, AJ. Oh, we had Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon. That one's kind of a toss-up still. But I think I think Derrick Henry at this point is probably gone. But I think that when it oh, I don't know what. Let's take a let's take a fire. You know, Saquon Barkley or Nick Chubb. Oh, the Browns. The Browns. Uh, I do know it's a committee, so it could be a little tricky. But when Chubb was in there, he I, mean, I had Chubb on my 2020 uh, NFL fantasy lineup, and he, he got me some good points. And uh, granted, Kamara did take some. because of him. And uh, he lost because of Mr. Nick Chubb. So with the sixth pick, I would say go to pair with either Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara, pairing him with Saquon Barkley or a – uh, a healthy Nick Chubb. Um, I think that's granted again, Nick Chubb and Al Kamara. That one is a little bit tricky to think about or tricky to work with, but I do think that it could always work in the end. So that's, that's what we think as far as what you get, everyone should do as far as the first six picks in your NFL fantasy football drafts. So with, you know, not just picking those players, but boom players, who do you think, out of all the skill positions, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, who do you think are some boom players? Well, I was going to break it down and say, like, give me two boom quarterbacks, two bust quarterbacks. Bust quarterbacks. Busty quarterbacks. Two bust <laughs> quarterbacks. Yeah. So let me say two boom quarterbacks. I think we got Dak, who I think is going to turn it back on. And give me Matt Stafford. Ooh. I think Matt Stafford and that Rams in a dome with competent offensive uh, strategies. I think Stafford and Dak could be two boom players. You can get in boom, boom. Keone, you're bust quarterbacks. Uh, bust quarterbacks. I mean, you know, it's easy to go Jared Goff just because there is not a whole lot of – uh, artillery around him, but you know, I'm, I am going to actually go Jared Goff, and I think, oh man, you know, I I, I hate to say it, Jalen Hurts. Ooh, I don't. I mean, Eagles. I like I like how Jalen Hurts looked in the the offense. He was running pretty pretty well, but all that turnover, all that like team turnover from last season to this upcoming season, and then new coach, and then just how everything else, I I can't. Say, I mean, granted, we can always say, you know, you know what, I'll give you the next two. Who do you who do you think is going to be two bus players, or did you want to talk about? No, I should do bus now. I should do yeah, running back bus. Yeah. So you could do running back booms, and then we'll just keep trading it there. So running back busts. 
I think it's going to be Ezekiel. It's going to keep going downwards. So you're going to have Dak. I think it's going to be a Dak to CD Lamb relationship, and that's going to be solid. We saw last season that Zeke had the most fumbles of any running back, and maybe that was just he didn't care. Uh, he just wasn't focused anymore, just wanted to get the season over with without Dak. There wasn't really a point. So I've heard that Zeke's in the best shape of his life, but I don't know if the shape really matters when it comes to carrying the ball and getting hit there. A Another bust running back that I is coming to my mind is one that you were praising just not too long ago. I think either of the Browns running backs are going to be bust. I think the whole Browns offense is going to be a bust and watch them make it to the AFC you know, championship and then prove me wrong. But I'm not looking forward to any of these Brown running backs. So be the Brown running backs feel to his two t- highly sought target wide receivers. We forgot about also Odell and Jarvis, right? I mean, if Odell can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, but yes, your boom running backs. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, to go off what you said about Ezekiel Elliott is fumbling. Yeah, he just think back to the most recent Thanksgiving game against the Washington football team. I believe he lost two, three, three carries. He just fumbled three times and they pulled him. And he ended up rushing for 10, 10 attempts for 32 yards for that whole game. I think he, when they played the Cardinals, too, he had two fumbles as well. When I was watching some highlights earlier today, yeah. So that one, that one's a good one. So I'm picking two boom running backs. Correct. Oh, this could be a little, uh, a little risky. I'm going Najee Harris. Okay. Najee Harris with the uh, Steelers. I don't think it's gonna be like boom, explosive fireworks, but I think not he's gonna be like Clyde Edwards Hilaire the first couple of weeks, right? No, I think he's gonna be like consistent. Consistent uh, middle pack uh, running back, you know, not gonna you know burn you, but I think he can at least get like ten, eight to twelve points. I think he'll get you at least six. He'll get you sixty points, yeah, or sixty yards rushing, maybe a couple catches from Big Ben. Yeah, I could see eight, eight to ten points a game. Yeah, pretty solid. Some something like that, and then um, I I gotta think that you know I I think Austin Eckler can turn around. Ooh, I think he can. Um, because you know, just he was I, out last season, right? The he means? was he was still playing, um, but then he they he got flipped around with uh, Josh Kelly, oh. so he had to share a backfield. But I know Austin Eckler can; he's a strong dude, and I think he can uh, be that Darren Sproles type because he has that same uh, uh, height wise. Not sure, but I just just imagine smaller stature, dude, quick, fast. Well, Justin's gonna have the height to do little dump offs to him. Justin will be able to bring in all the defensive line, maybe some linebackers on those screens, dump it to Eckler. Eckler will make it happen. We'll dodge around some defensive backs. Sounds like a good little, good little combo there. Yeah. And so uh, to, to wrap this episode up, what are, what are a few under the radar players that people should be looking out for? Under the radar players. Let's go. Kyle Pitts. I think Matt Ryan and him are gonna have a good connection at Atlanta. Rookie is gonna keep it keep it going. Good body, keep good health. And let's see, one more, one more. I would say that my one under the radar, Marvin Jones with the Jags. He, you I think th- Trevor Lawrence is gonna get time to throw it to him. I think Trevor Lawrence. I mean that line is 
under uh, the whole offensive line uh, in its own. It's under the radar, but uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a little bit slow coming out of the gates, but you can always get Marvin Jones, stash him on your bench, and then middle season, mid, mid of middle of the season. There we go. Uh, you can just throw him on the starting lineup when your star wide receiver has a bye week. Yeah, Marvin Jones. I remember having him when he was a lion. He always put up consistent stats. You know, like probably in the like nine through twelve range. You know, he. I, I mean, he had mass that for granted, but Trevor Lawrence, he's always had a big arm, and he has that escapability. Um, but I think Marvin Jones is one you can uh, draft, put it on your bench, just kind of monitor how the Jaguars do throughout the season, and then throw him out there if he has a. Uh, a matchup during one of your star wide receiver bye weeks that you think could be beneficial. So who is your other under-the-radar player? I'm going to have to go with my own Denver Broncos, Noah Ooh. Fant. Ooh. Tight end. Ooh. Regardless of who's going to be there, if it's, uh, what's it called, a steady Teddy or okay. Drew Locke, who already has a relationship, or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, I think Noah Fant will be a good helpful piece in the middle part of the season when teams aren't keying on uh, him there. They're going to be keying on Judy, Cortland, Sutlin, some of the running backs. Then Fant will be blowing up, and hopefully uh, Albert O, out of the other tight end spot there, will be locking it down. That's a good one. That is a good one. Noah Fant, I loved him coming out of uh, Iowa, you know, tight end U. Uh, and I, I wanted him. I'm selfish. I wanted him as a Patriot, but – Okay, he went to uh, the uh, other favorite team of the household. So my last under the radar, uh, you know, I, I I have this slight feeling that the Bears could be somewhat consistent this year. So uh, granted, he's not super under the radar. Allen Robinson. Oh, Allen Robinson. I'd say he's on the fringe of under the radar to uh, – starter position just because not a whole lot of people are talking about uh, because not a lot of people are talking about the bears or not a lot of people are talking about the bears receiving group so uh they're talking more about the quarterback position so they're kind of flying under radar as a group as a whole so now co-host mr jack conlu uh, do you have any final words as far as what people should look out for when it comes to their uh, getting prepared for their fantasy football season. Stay away from the Browns. <laughs> I think the Browns are going to be fine. I mean, I, I I love running the ball, so Kevin Stefanski, his offensive uh, style just fit with what I like. If I lose to anybody with a Browns player on their team, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> uh, so we got some time left. Um, when it comes to, you know, fantasy football and fantasy drafts, what do you think will be the fantasy draft that the Broncos can make for Deshaun Watson? Ooh, I think the Texans at this point will take close to anything to unload that and just get a new start. So there's going to be a quarter. It would be needed a quarterback trade there. So we would send them Drew Locke. We would receive Deshaun Watson. We'd probably have to send it our, our second or third round pick. I don't think Deshaun warrants a first round pick anymore. So maybe a, a third, a second this upcoming year, and a fifth the following year, plus Drew Locke to get Deshaun Watson and maybe like a sixth round next year. I think that will balance it all out. 
I think if they were to to try and make this trade uh, prior to all of his legal issues, then I could say yeah, I would say probably a first rounder, two first rounds, two first rounds easily. But now with all this legal, it's been quiet too. It's been quiet. I think I remember hearing that they were trying to seek a settlement, but that just never articulated. Still going to have a black mark on the career of one Deshaun Watson. Oh, unfortunately. So, uh, where where can the people find you on social media? You can find me at Jack underscore B-I-T-W, vegan.filipino, and Portland Digimon all on Instagram. I'm still working on my Twitter game right now, revamping that platform. Hopefully, maybe thinking about doing a little bit of Twitch action, a little YouTube action. We get some nice weather here. We do some Pokemon Go out in the Beaverton area. And where can they find you and all your crazy content? So if you want to, you know, uh, I'm... I assume my brother's going to also post about the show on his Instagram. Uh, I'll be posting about the show on my personal one as well as my uh, professional. So personal is just Keone underscore Conlu 13, uh, K-E-O-N-I underscore C-O-N-L-U 13. But if you want to see other creative content, other creative work, go to uh, at KC Media 13, both Instagram and Twitter, and then Conlu K Media on Facebook. Also got a website, so might as well keep plugging, plugging, plugging. So actually, I did want to talk to you about cards. That was the original plan for the for the episode. So since we got still have some more time, when it came to revamping Pokemon, revamping the Digimon, how would you feel about? I mean, we don't have a script anymore. We're done here. The script is over. So when it came to Pokemon and Digimon coming back into the surface, how would you feel about it coming? How would you feel about that? Well, last week was a big fight. Logan Paul versus Floyd Merriweather. And it was the Paul brothers. They're the reason why there's a boom right now in trading card games. It's because those Paul brothers, they bought a bunch of Pokemon cards. They started ripping boxes. They got Charizards, first edition Charizards. And then they got them graded. And now, and they're selling them for a lot of money. And folks are seeing that. And that's what's bringing out all the scalpers to swoop up all the cards. And with that happening... There wasn't anything left really at the retail price. So then card shops started to start running, losing out on product. And when they did get product, they marked it up a lot to double retail, triple retail value. Then now we're fortunate here in Portland, Oregon, where we have Pokemon vending machines that get stocked. But that's where all the scalpers hang out. They they hang out at our Fred Myers, And when they can get the product, you see them take it to their car, take a photo of it in the car, put it on offer up for three times the cost. And that's just the market price. And they know they can do this, but people can buy it or or are buying buying it. So it's really messing around with the collectors versus the people who are trying to make a quick buck off of cards. It's very similar to the stock game right now with the whole GameStop stock, AMC stock. People want a quick buck right now on what is easy to do. Is there any form of like an etiquette when it comes to like collecting and purchasing? Like, it's like, oh, you can only it doesn't say it. It's not is a one of those unwritten rules. Not right now, because scalpers they they don't care. They okay. have the money. They're gonna buy it. They could flip it very easily, and that's their income. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes when we're lining up at vending machines, if it's just families and collectors, we make an agreement like only buy two things from the vending machine. Hopefully it doesn't break because those things break a lot. Mm. 
or if you are at a retail store like Target, Barnes and Noble, um, Best Buy sometimes, um, they typically are doing limits. For a while there, some places didn't have cards anymore, so it was kind of a dead market, but card shops had cards, but they were four times less cost. So if you really wanted to bite the bullet and buy something there, but right now we're going back into a little bit of a dip. So things are available. It just really depends on how hard, hardcore of a collector you are. And how hard of a, how hardcore of a collector. Cause you kind of went from zero to a hundred fairly quickly when it came to card collecting. Yeah. So I went from, I have had some sealed Pokemon products from when we were younger. And now that I noticed the market kind of going up, I thought this might be a good opportunity to sell my childhood, essentially. And we were in the middle of a move, so it would be helpful to have some extra cash. And so I was able to sell some of my original sealed Pokemon products, and it paid for the furniture in my living room, which is really cool. Because that's something I could always say, like, my cards paid for this couch, this table, uh, the couch in my office. And I'm only after a couple of things right now. I'm collecting Elite Trainer boxes, which are really nice Pokemon boxes that have packs in it. And I like to keep them sealed up. And I am really deep into the new Digimon trading card game. So we just had a new set drop this past Friday. What's fun about that is it, it just feels like this is a new wave of gambling. Ripping packs, opening packs, we've done it together with the sports stuff. It's just fun to go after chase cards. And I not I don't necessarily try to sell every card that I get or all the big stuff. It's nice for me to keep it. I like to do master sets. Someday I'll learn how to play the actual card game so I can see the meta around each card. But right now, it's fun to collect it, fun to go after the cards that you want. And especially NFL, it was really fun opening that up because, you know, I've been in Pokemon for a long time and Digimon, but I don't know anything of recent. Whereas when we open up NFL cards, sports cards, we can talk about that just because we've been in that world more recently. Are you doing a podcast with me or something? I mean, kind of. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I just tricked I you tricked. into a podcast episode. Everyone, thank you so much for checking in on episode three of Conlu's Con Conversations. I am co-host Keone Conlu. And I'm Jack. And give it your all, even if you suck. <laughs>